Ever quit a job? Ever redefined yourself within one? Ever started something in one big or failed? Quit is a call-in show, hopefully helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. This is the fourth episode. Now, Shlok, you just retweeted it. I did. Just There's a full house in here. Robin, you don't know what like you you know what's going on right now. You've never seen me this angry. Okay, we get to turn. We've got a whole we got a whole bunch of people in here. Phil Kaufman is here. Hey, Phil. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Shlok is back. A lot of people like you, Shlok. A lot of people ask for Shlok. Nice. What happened to Shlok? And we've got Robin here, who's uh, she's uh, sitting in. Hattie's out on vacation. Can you believe this? <laughs> So Robin has uh, stepped up to the plate. Hello, Hello. Robin. It's her second show. She's actually been on a, she was standing on a frequency. Shlo couldn't make it. Thank not. <laughs> so it's a full house in here. It's a tiny little crappy little studio that we have. It's hot. It's hot in here. This is the hottest it's ever been. I'm wearing a sweater. It's always hot at Christmas in Texas. Yeah. Now, Phil, you're uh, born and raised a Texan. Is that right? I am. I am, yeah. I'm from Houston originally, mm-hmm. but I got here as fast as I could. And right now, if, so if people want to find out who this guy is, it's philkaufman.com or just Phil Kaufman on Twitter. He was promoting his Twitter account before the show saying that we should send people to the Twitter account instead of, uh, <laughs> instead of actually to his uh, .com. Yeah, they both work, but Twitter gets most activity these days. Yeah, I went to your .com site earlier today. It's nice. Yeah, it's simple. I you like know. it. Yeah. And then you do, what do you do, Element? So I you, do. I am uh, the creative director and a co-founder of Element, which is a web and mobile design and development shop here in town. Nice. Very nice. And uh, you also do just one other thing you do that people should know about. I am the founder of a website called Method and Craft. That's what it is. Yep. You want me to talk about that? Yeah. Tell What is that? Uh, it's a, Get this out of the way. So I, you know, can get, you know. I know. Let's just get over it. Um, so Method and Craft is a destination place where people can learn kind of the behind the scenes of creative people. So people share their techniques, their processes, how they think and how they design. And uh, we've got different formats and videos and interviews, articles, and um, just little short notes. Very digestible, um, very approachable. And um, yeah, it's kind of an education resource. All right. So that's good. That's what you do. We got sitting across from me now in a Hattie's regular chair. You do, you do not look like Hattie at all. I am not proud of that fact. <laughs> you do not look like her. And uh, your name is Shlok Vedia. Yep. You were on a, my very first episode of this show. First. And uh, you're back and you have much better mic technique already. I'm addressing the you're mic. You're addressing the mic. You're not scared anymore. We got three or four callers already banking up. And of course, Robin, fresh, freshly graduated. Where did you graduate from? Texas State. Texas State. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has a, a degree in, is it interactive design that, that you do? Um, it's part of it. Uh, the degree is communication design. Communication design. Yes. So that's you. And sorry, we'll tweak her mic in post. This is just what we've got. This is what we got. You got to work with what you got. And then we got callers. You already got callers lined up. So the topic that I was thinking about talking about today was something that we kind of touched on last week. Okay, Jason Calacanis says that he's going to shut. And by the way, we'll, we'll, be talk, we'll be talking about Phil and how he quit and when he started his thing. Schloke's still in the process of figuring his life out. True. And help him out. Last week we talked about interviewing. This week I wanted to talk about something that kind of came up last week. Jason Calacanis says he's shuttering thisweekend.com. Now, this isn't news anymore. We're done with this. We don't, this is not news. No, nobody cares about this anymore. But there was something that, uh, you ever heard that expression stuck in your craw? You ever heard that expression? Yeah. So here's something he says. He talks in here about this post that he does. And the, the term that he used 
kind of bothered me. He talks about moderate success. Remember that? I do. Did I send you this? Yeah, you did. Moderate success, he talks about. And he says that uh, you, you need to have breakout success. You can't have something called uh, moderate success. So let me, read, let me read the actual exact quote. And Brian Alvey, friend of mine, a friend of mine, he's the guy that uh, worked with Jason. They started the Weblogs, Inc. thing. You heard of Weblogs, Inc.? Yeah. They're the folks that are behind the, uh, like, in, isn't it in Gadget or Gizmodo? I always get those two things. Because uh, yeah, yeah. I, I follow The Verge now. I don't care about either of those. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Sorry. Just being honest. They sold Weblogs to AOL, right? Yeah. Then they became multi. So Brian Alvey's up there in his, you know, in his mighty tower. But he wrote a really good piece recently about, uh, about the future of this kind of thing. And so here's what Jason Calacanis says about shuttering their, their, uh, their thing. He says, we got the company to break even and it produces amazing content. However, I recently came to the conclusion that the business was a moderate success and would not be able to scale. So now that, that's an interesting point. So we decided we'd wind it down, give the remaining funds back to the angel investors and move on. Moderate success is a distraction and it keeps founders from bigger success. Okay, so first of all, Jason Calacanis is like a billionaire, multimillionaire. What's his net worth, Schluck? A couple hundred million. couple hundred million. Maybe. Could be 50. A little bit more than me. A little bit. <laughs> so he obviously knows what he's talking about better than I know what I'm talking about. But when you hear someone say this, oh, this is just going to be a moderate success. Here's how he defines a moderate success. Here's some information about this. He wants, by the way, he wants, he wants to make at least $15 million in, in revenue for something before he can, he would, I guess, consider it to be a moderate success. So here's the story. Back in 2010, the company raised $300,000 in funding from Matt Coff and Sky Dalton and Calacanis also put his own money in. And they were break even at $500,000 in annual revenue. They only, they only had two shows they described as hit shows, Calacanis' show and uh, Pollock's show. And this is interesting to me because, again, we talk about a moderate success. I, I can think, Phil, maybe the, you would disagree with me here, but I think a lot of people would be happy with a business where they're getting paid. I don't know if he was getting paid. I'm just, just bear with me for a minute. I'm, mm -hmm. This is my disclaimer. Where they're getting paid and all their employees are getting paid and they're making half a million dollars a year and everybody's getting paid a decent, I'm guessing a decent salary and they like what they do. Would, is that okay? Is that a tolerable success for you? That's, that's fine by me. What if it yeah. was $2 million and it was break even? Would that still be okay? I think it's fine. I think it has to do with, I mean, what I'm interested in knowing kind of what, how he defines the breakout success. We kind of understood like how, what, what is he defined on a moderate success? He doesn't really say that, but here's, here's what he does say. He, he kind of gets to it. He says, the only way to make podcasting a real big business would be if you could somehow get the top seven podcasters to team up and make a mega network. He names a bunch of podcasters. I'm not in his list. He says, if we all did shows as one company, it would have eight to 15 million in revenue and be worth 50 to 75 million. But that's a lot of personality to try and corral. I dare say it's impossible. So putting that aside for a minute, eight to $15 million in revenue, it sounds to me like that's what he's describing as a he doesn't say whether that's break even or not. He doesn't say how profitable that would be at eight to 15 million. But what I'm guessing is that if it's going to cost half a million dollars to just break even, he's saying it's going to be half a million dollars and then make eight to 15. So let's just call it 10. Okay. 
So $9.5 million a year is what he considers to be a, a breakout success. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think that is a tremendous success. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make that kind of money. I'd like to profit that kind of money. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, dollar amounts are kind of hard to quantify unless you really know how much he's making in profit and, and exactly. what he's paying people. And, you know, so how do you define success is also a big question in my mind. How do you define success? That's a great question. <clears throat> what if you're a web designer? What if you're a web designer and you're freelance and you work from home or you work from house to coffee, right? You go to the dribble meetups, right? Right. And you make, um, th- you make here in Austin, let's say you make 75 grand a year, 80 grand a year. You can, you can live in a nice place. You can drive a nice car. Mm-hmm. Everybody drives here, Shlok. And they do. And, and you can live a pretty nice lifestyle. You can set your own hours. And maybe sometimes you bust your ass and you work really hard for, for a customer, for a client, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. But that's not a bad life. Doing something that you like, getting paid pretty damn well to do it. No, not by any means. I mean, who's going to complain about that? Even if it's 60K, who's going to complain about that? You're getting to do something you like. You're getting to have fun. Moderate success. I mean, listen, this is, this is a guy who's on a whole different level. But so that aside, let's put, let's put Jason Calacanis aside for a while and think about why moderate success is such a bad thing. Because on this show, I talk a lot. I talk a lot about, well, I talk a lot, but I talk a lot about the concept of having a show uh, not a show. See, I'm thinking about shows. Having having a business that is a success, that is something that you have to enjoy doing it. Okay, so I went and I talked at this uh, MailChimp in Atlanta. It got really cold there. Mm. Surprisingly cold. And d- damp. It's always damp because it's in the East Coast. And uh, uh, uh. And then it's Atlanta. Good, ri- good riddance to the East Coast. You know what? <laughs> you, I hate to say this, but good riddance to the East Coast. I'm done with it. I'm not going back there. I'll visit. But I'm done with that place. Mm-hmm. You can't. I could. You couldn't. You couldn't get me to move back there. I don't care how much you want to pay me. I'm not moving back there. What if it was nine point five? I don't. Million? I'm not moving back to the East Coast. <laughs> I'm not moving back to the East Coast. I like Texas. I'm staying. I'm staying. All about Texas. Well, you wanted to move to the West Coast, so let's not go there. <laughs> and I think that having having. So one of the things I talked about there, I talked about success and I talked about failure. Now, obviously, you got to pay your bills, but success to me is about enjoying what you do, liking what you do. So, how can you have a moderate success? It's not like it wasn't sustainable. He's saying it's not; it's not scalable. And this is where we get into that thing. And you can talk about this. We talked about this the off the air the other day. Lifestyle business, the concept of a life. What is a lifestyle business? Okay, I'm got to take some of these calls. What is a lifestyle business? It's roughly that idea is that you have a good run rate. You're making some revenue. You're profitable enough to put away some in the bank, and you're paying your folks more than a decent living. Everybody's making 100k, and everybody's happy, and you can just sustain that for the rest of your life. Why is that such a bad thing? Why do people look down on the lifestyle business? Why is it so bad? Why do people hate that, especially these uh, jerks in the valley? It's, I don't mean Jason. I just mean the general, all the jerks. Yeah, I think it's it's the, the culture of VC, right? And it's this investment culture says, if it's not scalable to where I can get a 10x return on it, then it's not a real business. And that's great when you're at that level, but it's, you know, it doesn't make any sense if it's you and my family that matters, right? We also are in a very high profile online connected industry. And I think there's a lot to wanting to be noticed as the guy who had the big idea that made it successful and made a lot of money. And it's that attention. We want to be noticed by our peers. And I think that drives a lot of people. There's a lot of people in this country, as we know, who are the real underbelly of, of what makes 
America and who have a lot of money, but they make some little part that goes into another little piece of machinery and no one knows what they do and what their business is about, but they have a very comfortable life and we're connected. We're online. We want to get noticed. We want to be the next Instagram angry birds, uh, type of, you know, there's a lot of people who, who value that. Right. I, 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 what gets me up each day is being able to go to a job and being able to do a good work and enjoy what I do, pay my employees and be able to support my family. That's success to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Success is that it implies the enjoyment, the fact that you like what you're doing and that you can pay your bills. 949, what is that? Uh, is that uh, San Diego? Orange County, Orange Southern County. California. All right. Close to, close to. Good enough. What are you calling about? Uh, well, first, I just wanted to say thanks, Dan. Um, thanks for doing this. Uh, it, it definitely matters, so I appreciate it. Um, but I'm calling. I, I left a voicemail earlier. I thought I'd increase my chances by calling in. Calling in is always uh, better than the voicemail. I, I just want to say, what's your first name? Gabriel. My name is Gabriel. Okay, Gabriel. So code name. And, I get uh, it. I get it. No. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. And uh, I, I'm calling about, I, I just need some help. I, I, I think I know what I need to quit, but I just need some help on that. So uh, long story short, I've been a wedding photographer for about five and a half, six years now. Uh, my wife and I have done that full time for a handful of years, but then earlier this year, because we have two small children, I went back to work as a cubicle farmer, uh, <laughs> selling stuff over the phone. You know the corporate stooge deal, right? Um, to you know pay the bills, rent that kind of stuff. Because our 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 photo business has always been up and down and all over the place, and and so my wife feels very stable now with you know this secure income, but at the same time, I also have this uh, passion of being an animator, and so I've been doing my research and I applied and I'm going to, and I've been accepted into an animation program, you know, make movies, do the whole Pixar dream works, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, that starts in March and that's going to be 18 months. Um, and in order to get the most out of that, I'm going to have to put a lot into it. Cause it's not like I'm getting a piece of paper at the end of the program. Right. I want right. to have a demo reel of work that I've created. So, you know, I've got this job that pays the bills. that takes up a lot of time that I'm not interested in. I've got this photo business that I do love, um, but I don't have the time to put into it now because I'm working all the time. And then I've got this schooling that's coming up and I have a family and two kids, one and three, and they're the greatest things in the world. So okay. that's where I am. So wait, so the long story short, you want to be an animator. You want to follow your passion and your dream and you have an entire family yep. to support. Yep. And your so wife. So clear on the outcome. <laughs> you're, and, and so, so if you go through this thing as an animator, what, what is the possibilities for you at the, and on the other end? What do you sure, do? I mean, what do you, what do you make? Uh, it, being a character animator. So the, on the other end is I've got a demo reel that lands me a job um, at some big studio or I start my own firm, you know, doing advertising, whatever, you know, ca- character animations is a really growing field with, you know, uh, apps, software, online stuff, advertising, video games. There's a lot of applications for that. Um, it's just between now and then, you know, paying the bills, but also what is your, what does your wife do? She into that goal. Does your wife work? She, she raises the kids. She works on the, with the, on the photo business with me. So she, she helps maintain that and, uh, you know, editing photos, that kind of stuff, but mostly raising the kiddos. Okay. So, but it sounds so like sole it, breadwinner. Okay. So you're the sole breadwinner and now you're talking about quitting and you're talking about going to school and. What are you built building something in the background there? Where are you? Like a train station? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm in my uh, in my kitchen. Okay. I mean, I I don't know. I don't think I I don't know if you should do this, man. That's kind of sounds kind of nuts to me. 
do the animation thing. Yeah, I mean, quit, quit, quit what you're doing and go do this animation thing. And how are you going to pay the bills? How, what, are you going to have to dip in your savings? And what if when you're done with this thing, you don't land that awesome job at the end of it? How long is this going to take? Wait a well, minute. Wait I mean, a minute. How long is this going to take? It's going to take 18 months. 18 months. What are you going to do for the 18 months to pay your bills? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I've been able to do uh, pay the bills full time with photo before, but it was stressful. It was up and down and all over the place. And that's why I got this job. I had done photo full time for about three years. Do you think you're going to do, wait a minute. You think you're going to do photo and go to school at the same time? And you did photo before, and you you did photo before, and you were able to pay the bills, but it was stressful. And now you're going to go back to doing photos and going to school for eighteen months, and hopefully graduate with an awesome thing where you could do the character animation thing, dude. You can't do that. How old are your kids? And you're one and three. (laughs) Come on, that one year old's probably not even done being you know weaned yet. Your wife can't. Your wife can't work when that kid, you know, gets a cold and is up. Oh, and, I'm not. A, yeah, and I'm not asking her to work. That's not, I'm just trying to figure out how to how to make this work. Is there a um, night school option for animation? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, can you take? This? It is. Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's an online school, so the the hours and whatnot are flexible. It's an online program, so um, I can meet with my mentors and whatnot at night and and, and do my work on my own time. So it's. You know, there's going to be a lot of scheduling and prioritizing is, is, whatnot early mornings and late nights, I'm sure. Is there a reason why you can't do that while and, and still keep your day job? Yeah, why can't you keep the day job, dude? Don't leave that. <laughs> no, sure. I I, I'm, I, I guess then there, there's the photo business that that's in play, too, because we shoot about 20 weddings a year. And, and so then, dude, does that mean I close up shop on that? <sighs> dude, you're doing too, you're, you're taking on too much. I'm doing too much. You're doing too oh, much. That's why I'm calling you. Well, it sounds like you need help with the with the photo business. Yeah, I mean, here's uh, what is the photo business doing? What are you doing in this business? You're not taking photos; you're editing other people's stuff, right? No, I'm photographing weddings. You're photographing weddings. Austin and the September. Yeah, you're doing too. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. You need to farm that work out. Well, he can't because it's creative. Only he can take those pictures. He can't farm that. You can find another creative. Well, they don't want to work for him. Photo- photographers are the most fickle bunch of people in the world. They're down there with Pearl developers. G- G- Gabriel, this is Phil. Let me ask you a question. Um, does the uh, does the yeah. photo- photography business, does that bring in uh, income that you need to support kind of in your current situation? Yes, but it's stressful. No, I know. But I mean, it's, it's too stressful. Yeah, sure. So in the, in the summertime, it does. In the summertime, it does. Yeah. It's, you know well, what? March it's not through, the summer, March though. Through man. October, there's enough cash. There's There's enough. Oh, and I'm not talking about quitting now. I don't start school until March. I'm not scheduled to start He's school till March. So he said, you got to Gabriel, you're, get, confu- you're confusing me. You're confusing me. There's too much happening. I need, here's what I need <laughs> you to do. Your kids are one and three when, okay. When your yeah. kids are like two and five or three and six or whatever, when they're a few years older and they can be in school and your wife can, and you can juggle dropping them off to their school or preschool or whatever, and she can work and do something. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you got to ask her to work, but when you're talking about changing everything around like this, like do take, keep your job and do the school on top of your regular job. Don't, don't try to start a bit, yeah. a new business, reboot a business and do, which is stressful. Yeah, more of a reboot. Yeah. Yeah. You don't re- reboot or reboot it and do one shoot a month and see how that grows. Do mm-hmm. one shoot a month, one wedding a month, turn down four weddings and do one. You know what I mean? 
and start building it up. Build mm-hmm. that back up so that that's a standalone business. When you get that thing going, then do what Shlok is saying to do and to try and get someone else to come and help schlep your crap around and start taking photos alongside <laughs> of you. I mean, look, if this animation thing that you're talking about is such a great industry, I know nothing about it. But if it's as great, and I got to let you go because we got like 10 other calls. If, if it's such a great, you know, if it's such a great business, can I call you Gabe? <laughs> sure. If it's such a great business, Gabe, it's going to be there in a couple of years. You're not going to be edged out of this. You're not going to be pushed out. Sure. Of it. I'm not, I know it sucks to hear it from me, but like you got to, sometimes you got to play it a little bit safe, Put put some money in the bank. You know what? All those shoots that you're going to do once every two or three weeks, take that money and put it in the bank and create a huge cushion for yourself so that when you're ready to do that 18 month school stint that you can then say, look, I've been doing a shoot every couple, two, three weeks. That money's in the bank now. And now I'm going to switch to doing that a little bit more full time now that I've rebooted that business and stood it up and got it running. And I have enough money in the bank from it that I've been saving up. So now when I do the 18 month thing, I've got money in the bank and I've got a little business that's already going. I would rather see yeah. you stress out a little bit about doing the photography stuff while you have a full-time job and then go and do the school. I don't know. You're going to have to think about it. Call me back in a couple of weeks and tell me what you do. That makes sense. All Thanks. right, Gabe, I got to let Dan. you go. Sorry. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. All right. We got to go to a lot of people are on hold here. All right. 817. Who's this? Hey, Dan, this is uh, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Uh, JXPX 1138. Oh, oh Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. What's up? You sound hey, good. Um, thanks. All right. What's your I'm story? I'm just up the road, so, so I got a good connection. Oh, you're here? Well, I'm in Fort Worth. That's not that far. No. All right. Just so four hours. What, what, he, for people who don't know this guy, he's a huge fan of the show. He's a big Merlin fan. It's a little creepy. Yeah. What's going on with a you? A little bit. What's up with you? Why do you hey, need my I'm advice? Gonna, you've got, you've got Merlin in your back pocket, dude. What do you need me for? Yeah, hey, I don't know about all that. Um, well, I, was, I wanted to call and tell you about my story of how I quit two things in two years. Okay, let's hear it. Um, I graduated college the first time in 2003, and then I went off and I went to graduate school, and I was actually admitted and on my way to a PhD program in Chicago. Okay. And I realized, given the number of student loans and whatnot that I had to take out and all of this, that I was never going to actually have like a life. I was going to always just be paying back all this stuff to do something that I enjoyed, but not enough to make it worth that sacrifice. So about four months before I was supposed to go off and do this uh, PhD program, I I quit that entirely and uh, did a uh, computer program. That's a big difference. yeah. And, uh, that, so while I was doing the computer program, I took a, an internship at a large, uh, retail operation that's based in Fort Worth. And that turned into a full-time job in my last year of my school program. And that was going great. And it, you know, everything was looking good. And then I went off to, uh, I don't know if you heard of this, the C4 conference that yeah, Wolf French used to put on. And uh, went off to that, and I met these uh, crazy guys these, uh, from Canada. They made this thing called One Password uh-huh. that I've been using for a while. Right. And so, less than a year after I started working this internship and parlayed that into the full time gig, I left that job 
to go and do this uh, goofy contracting thing with a company that, as far as everybody in my family and stuff was concerned, was basically imaginary. Like, what? There's a Russian guy who's Canadian, and you're going to go do what now with computers? But four years later, I'm uh, never been happier, and it's uh, it's a great gig, and um doing lots of cool stuff with so your success the web story. And, your success story. So let me ask you a question. What, yeah. uh, what was the one thing that, that you think helped you make this kind of transition when so many other people try it and fail and don't get it right? Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, what's, what's really crazy is that the 2008 was when I made that leap from, you know, the, the corp, the secure corporate stooge job yeah. to, there to is, that's a myth. That there is no security. That's a myth. Well, exactly. And, but at that time, 2008 was when, you know, the housing market was going all sideways and, uh, the stock market was in the toilet and, uh, <laughs> and then the, but then the companies that, that I was working for, their stock went below a dollar and there was pandemonium and there was like six months, every six months there was layoffs. It was going crazy. So in a way it was like, it was really scary, but at the same time it was like, well, what am I going to do? Sit here and let let my situation happen to me or am I going to go, you know, try and make my thing happen? Yeah. And I'm glad, well, I'm glad for you. Thanks for, uh, for sharing your story. Thanks for listening, man. Absolutely. All right. Take, take care. care. In the chat room, AF Waller, who I met in Atlanta, he says, uh, he's talking to Gabriel, who's in the chat room. Gabriel says he's got no credit card debt and he feels more stable now. AF Waller says, congrats. I tried to do my own quit thing and I screwed my life up and went from $50,000 in the bank to around 10 K of debt. Holy cow. That's the risk, Shlok. We got a lot of callers. I don't want to make these poor people wait. 434, where are you from? What are you doing? I'm from Virginia. Okay. Uh, my name's Thomas. I'm I'm 19. I just uh, wanted to call in and share my story of quitting at a fairly young age and now I'm quitting again, doing some other crazy stuff. 19, what is that? You're so, like a freshman in college? I Well, I have a unique situation in that I already graduated from college. I did sort of a fast track, um, graduated from high school early. Did a four how year er, how er, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> how early? Uh, well, I graduated, I graduated from college this spring with a, a bachelor's in communication. Okay. When you say college, so, you don't mean like a pickup truck in a parking lot, right? <laughs> no, he's talking, what, what, what college? Tell us. Uh, it's a, it's a online school in New Jersey called Thomas Edison State College. It's all online and they specialize in like, um, fast, basically fast pace, uh, accelerated distance learning, that sort of thing. So it's a commuter school. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you went to commuter college, you graduate uh -huh. and when, when did you graduate high school? I graduated high school when I was 16. So okay. I, I kind of had an, a jump on the game from the beginning, um, and then and then basically went started college at sixteen, um, and then ended up graduating this year from from college. Um, so that 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 is that's kind of irrelevant, but it it helps explain my situation a little bit. Um, so last last year, um, I I was working a job. At a fast food restaurant, um, I did that for eight months. What ended restaurant? Up putting that. What restaurant? Uh, McDonald's. McDonald's. Oh, oh really? Were you, what were you doing so, in there? Because I worked at a Burger King. I was King. working. 
I was working in the drive-through window, um, which was which was exciting to say the least. I think I think honestly everybody should have to work food service at some stage in their life because it teaches you a lot about human nature and how mean people are. Oh, it sure does. It sure does. I'll talk to Robin so, about that in a second because Robin has a lot of experience. Yeah, in food yeah. service. Um. So anyway, I quit that. All right, let's get let's pick for, pick it up, pick it up. Give me the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, I quit that. Worked for a photographer. Ended up losing that job, um, and was finishing school for a while, not really working. Got another great job that I've been doing for the last couple months, basically working as a salesman. Um, which fast forward brings me up to today, um, where I'm currently leaving um, leaving the current quote unquote secure job that I have. Um, you know, making fairly decent money, moving and, uh, basically dumping all that to start kind of doing two, uh, two things, which, you know, maybe I need to dump one, but the, I'm, I'm going to be working part-time for a, a video production company and it's a great, um, great opportunity. Love the guys that I'll be working with. They're really small. Um, okay. Cliff notes, for, Cliff notes version, dude. What, what, where are you going? What are you doing? So I'm I'm moving, doing that, and and working for a, and also working on a side. Dude, project. okay. So what? 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 I, I want to help you. What? What's going on here? Okay. So um, basically, you're smart. You're a smart guy. Just, okay. Anybody who can finish I high already, school at, at sixteen. I already know. Right. I already know more or less what I'm doing, but I'm I'm leaving this job to go do something that is pretty much not very financially viable. But you're currently. 19, like, dude. You're 19. Do you have parents? Yes. Are your parents around? Yeah. Could you live with them if you had to? I, I could, yeah. Okay, go do it. Have fun. You're 19, Crazy. dude. You're um, 19. That's, that's, what, that's what I need to hear because... You can't I mean, even, buy, you can't right even buy alcohol. You can barely vote. Do you even shave more than <laughs> once a week? Go do it. Go try it, man. Have fun with it. This is the time of your life to screw up if you want to. You have nothing to fear. The people that are listening to you right now, they're like, I wish I could do that. Go do it. All right? I got to let you go. Go right. do it, man. Thanks, right thanks. now. Go. Thanks for taking my call. All right. Have a good one. I'm Thanks, thanks for the call. It. Okay. I better read this number. If you want to call right now, you can call 512-518-5714. It's the number to dial again. 512 512- Five one eight five seven one four. Robin, I still haven't talked about moderate success. I never get to the topic. Robin, yes, you have a lot of experience in food service. <clears throat> I do. Right now, I, I don't want to say what it is. Can I say I shouldn't say right? Um, let's just say you work at at probably what is the top top restaurant, one of the top restaurants in Austin, which is the and, capital of Texas, and in the state of Texas. Yeah, certainly in the mm-hmm. state of Texas, if not Austin. And uh, by the way, Texas is the capital of the United States. Look, I didn't know if you knew. <laughs> I have a T-shirt to that effect. Yes. And uh, Robin, I have been I have been to this restaurant on many many occasions. I've seen you. I met you first time while you were working in the restaurant. Yes, you did. And you uh, work hard in the restaurant. I do. And it is a high end restaurant. All the you were just telling me today, you were name dropping all the stars that have come in this restaurant. Yes. So for people uh, who live in Austin and know Austin. Not allowed to actually talk about that. <laughs> right. You weren't talking about it on the air. But I'm just saying, you mentioned some of the amazing people that have come through here. Really amazing people, like Dan Benjamin. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> and uh, even Hattie has been to this restaurant. 
So two stars. <laughs> uh, I think, and I've, I've spent a lot of time in the food service, not as much as you, but I think that is the, the t- everybody should have to do this. Am I right? I agree. Yes. What would you say as advice to people who are thinking about their own jobs as they sit in there at their desk, when they're in the air conditioning, typing in an angry email, frustrated at a client? What would you tell them coming from the food service industry as well, they, you know, decide where they, which dry cleaner they should go to? One of the biggest things I've learned uh, working in the food industry is um, interacting with people which has a lot to do with my major, which is what I enjoy so much about it. And I'm so good at it because I've spent, you know, half my life interacting with people and figuring out what they want and we're finding like a, a meeting point, which especially with this new job, it's huge because uh, people don't really understand the menu coming into it. So you have to be really patient. Um, it's a whole different world than when you're sitting there serving people and people get you, you right now, you've got the good job, but you've told me stories about where you were before this. Yes. <laughs> Can you name one of those places? Yeah. Which one? Um, Fido Irish Pub. Yeah. So there's an Irish pub. There's another one. Uh, Chili's. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not the most rewarding job, I can imagine. No. People, people can be pretty terrible. Tell me a story. Worst one. Um, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Um, okay. The Chili's I worked at was next door to a church. And so on Sundays, we'd get a lot of business flow around noon. A lot of times our, our tips, my tips anyway, uh, were brochures to the church. They <laughs> thought that was tip enough. So that's a tip just to kind of motivate you to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that does not pay. No, that doesn't pay any bills. Mm. I still want to talk about moderate success. I want to talk about how Phil quit. Shlok, you got to leave, right? I have, I have to quit the show. You have to quit in, the show right? in, in mere minutes. All right. Hang on. Let's take, this is a call from Restricted, who's been on hold for 30 minutes. Restricted, how are you? Hey, Dan. I'm good. How are you? Good. Whoa, wait a minute. Do I detect a little bit of an accent here? You do. Can you, it's in the Southern Hemisphere. Can you place it? New Zealand. Yeah, I'm, I, sounds Australian. I would have said Australian, but then Schloke threw New Zealand out there. Phil, do you have a guess? It's one of the two. You pick one. You get <laughs> fifty. Right. It, yeah, I think New Zealand. New Zealand, huh? New Zealand. I'll go with that. <laughs> I'll stick with Australia. She's right. She's got it. Oh, <laughs> very good. Right. You should move to New Zealand. USA. Okay. USA. <laughs> USA. Different show. So what's up, buddy? What What are you calling about? Are you in New Zealand now? Or are you uh, Are you Australia? Or where are you? No. I'm in uh, Adelaide in South Australia, born and raised. Nice. Uh, with a slightly strange accent. So apparently I sound like a mix of British and Australian, so I blame my mother's side for that. Now, how can you need any help in Australia? It's just beaches, just beautiful people. And it's, <laughs> there's no crime anymore. I mean, it was, wasn't it a, uh, just a whole bunch of criminals at first? Is that true? Anyway, that doesn't yeah, matter. What do you, what, what, what do you call until, uh, 15 years ago. What can I do for you, sir? So... I wrote some notes so that I could be uh, brief for you. Okay. Um, firstly, thanks for, thanks for doing quits. for giving me a whole lot to think about for the past few weeks. And I think you're really uh, changing lives. So thank you, Dan. Oh, wow. That's really nice of you uh, to say. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, so I'm approaching a very hard decision in my life, and I have two days to decide. Two days? So, what, what's okay. happening? Two days. And you're, you're entrusting well, me with your, your decision-making process. That's scary. Who, who, who better? Okay. Good. I like you. Thank you. Uh, so, 
Uh, let me think about this. So for the last two years, I've been doing freelance video editing and post-production work and motion design and all that sort of thing. I did a three-year university course to get that degree. I worked on a couple of TV series, a feature film, just a, a smattering of bits and pieces around, around Adelaide. All right. But I've kind of come to realize... Was the feature film The Matrix? Because that's the only movie I know that's been filmed in Australia. That was a decade ago, so no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just curious. Continue. Um, I will. Um, I did a three-year university course to get the degree for that. And so I've just done like a mishmash of, uh, you know, editing and post-production, all that sort of thing. Initially, I thought I wanted to be a writer or director, but that turned out to be uh, require more stamina than I had. So I've decided to quit because it makes me miserable. And I, uh, most jobs, I just count down the days until it's over and it's very bad hours. And uh, I used to enjoy it and I used to have the passion for it, but I just don't seem to anymore. So rather than be mediocre at it and have moderate success for the rest of my life, I want to cast out and do something different. This is exciting. I mean, it, but you've got to follow your heart. You know, you sound like you're, you're, you're young enough to do this. I mean, I always talk about that. How old are you? I'm 25. Plenty of time. These Phil, yeah, plenty of time. Plenty of time. These, <laughs> how many? How many kids do you have? I have zero children and one girlfriend. Girlfriend. So you're in yeah. the prime of your life, dude. What's the question? What are you? What are you thinking about doing? You know what I'm going to tell you. I do. Well, maybe, maybe I do. So the issue is, I've got enough money saved up for you know three or four months of uh, fastidious spending. Okay. But I've just been offered a seven month gig on a TV series, which is extremely well paid. And I need to let them know in the next two days whether I want to take it. So I suppose my question really is, how do you know when the time to quit is? How much, how much of a runway do you need? Because I've got really very little idea of what I actually want to get into. But all sorts of crazy ideas like podcasting or I'm getting a 3D printer. Maybe I want to do some web design or this or that. I don't really know really what I want to do. So I'm trying to figure out, do I just follow my heart and go at it and just deal with it as is? Or do I do the more sensible thing and, you know, save up more money so then I can really sort of cast a wide net and really figure out what I want to do. Phil has an interesting look on his face. What are you, what are you going to say here, Phil? Cause I know what I'm going to say. What are you going to say, Phil? Well, I think you've got seven months to figure out if you got to have a backup plan, exactly. right? So take it. Yep. And then you've got seven months to, to change course. If that well, pan out. well said. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like That's you can true. take this awesome gig, do it. You're going to get paid. Great. Save as much of it as you can. You know how you just said you're going to live fastidiously? Do that while you're mm-hmm. doing this job instead of going out and, you know, drinking and buying a Ferrari and booze and cigarettes, whatever you do in Australia. You know, you know us uh, too well. Seriously, go take this job. It'll be awesome to have on your resume. If it pays as well as you're making it out to be, then you can bank a lot of that. Then do what Phil says. Then, then you've got your launch pad. I'm all about the launch pad, man. Yeah, then you move to New Zealand mm. and do a 3D printing web design business. Right. <laughs> so call him and tell him As yes. I was the, an- meant to do. the answer is yes. Take the take the okay. job, do the sensible thing, and then go and do the crazy thing. You can wait seven months. Seven months. I just blinked my eyes. Seven months went by. <laughs> You're old though. <laughs> He's twenty five. So what if it seems twice as long to him? Who cares? Not that old. It All does, right. Thanks. It, thanks I for the. My head, my- Thanks for the call, dude. Okay. I gotta let well, you thank, go. You know what to do. Much, you know what Cheers, to man. do. All right, take care of yourself. Good luck. The power is mine. Call me back. Cheers. Let me know what you do in seven months. Wonderful. All right, good. So the number to dial now, and people are hanging up. And more people are calling, so I'll give the number again. It's uh, where did I put it? Five one six. Good thing I'm not doing sponsors this week. 
512-518-5714. Shulk, are you leaving? I am walking out the door. Can't right believe now. it. Who are you going to hang out with instead of us? Can you say? A New York Times bestseller author who also quit a bunch of stuff. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. And when, uh, when uh, what are we going to uh, meet tomorrow night, get some drinks or something? Yeah, let's do that. Or Sunday. Sunday. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, you're just going to have to see yourself out. I, I can't. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have the staff for that. All right. Man, these people, Phil, these people have been on hold forever. Let's talk. I'm ready to talk. 602, area code 602. Who is this? Hey, Dan. This is Dwayne in Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona. I've been out to Phoenix. I've been to Phoenix. I've been to Scottsdale. You know what? I saw Edward Tufte speak yeah. out. You ever seen Edward Tufte? Robin, Twice. Robin, Not you're going to love Edward Tufte. Twice. He's coming here to Austin. Is he again? Yeah, yeah. he's coming in uh, February, I think end of February. I'm, I already got my tickets. Fascinating. Talk. And Hattie's going too. She's yeah. never seen him talk before. Edward Tufte. Go to edwardtufte.com. The man, the man changed my life. He changed the way I think about data. But, but let me leave it to Phil to, to say who Edward Tufte is. He's, he's, he's an expert in just data visualization and how to communicate you know, your point in a very interesting way and not relying on just kind of the standard, you know, PowerPoint presentations. He's, he's all about data communication. It's amazing. And he, he's, uh, he's an amazing speaker. You do yourself a favor, go check him out the next time he's out there. And that's what, that's the last time that I was in, uh, Arizona. He's going to be in Phoenix on February 1st. Caller. Okay. So go see him. I'm serious. Right, where, is he, where is he going to be? I'll, I'll check him out. I'll go to his website. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. Uh, you just go to Edward Tufte. Hey, I can't. I can't really do that homework for you right now. What did you call that's about? The beauty, that's the beauty of five by five. You, you learn something new every day. February first. So oh. what? Uh, what can I do for you, sir? How are you? Well, good, Dan. I just wanted to call and say that I enjoy your uh, your radio network, uh, all of your programming, the new show you do, the frequency with Hattie is uh, outstanding. All the programming you've brought together is very good. I've been in. Uh, Internet radio since its infancy back uh, pre-2005. Went through growing pains, built a network, sold it. I never enjoyed your success. You make me jealous. It makes me want to quit. But every time I go on the air and threaten to quit, everybody calls in and says, no, 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 don't quit. We'll make our friends listen. So it's been a very interesting journey uh, being in internet radio. And I'll go back in 2004, 2005. Internet radio was the father of uh, late-night stand-up comedians uh, today become a very legitimate, uh, not only a legitimate business, but a, a much-needed and much-appreciated. I think where you really hit your home run, your true stroke of genius with 5x5, five five, is you appeal to people who are already by their computer. Geeks, nerds, those of us who like all things digital. Uh, and whereas I was reaching far afield to bring in an audience, uh, NASCAR people who, you know, weren't by their computer. To get that guy, the baseball player, the NASCAR driver, to or the NASCAR fan, to listen to radio on the computer was a foreign thing. But for you, you appeal to the very people who are already at their computer. And uh, you've just done it masterfully. And uh, I just don't want you to ever think of quitting because uh, you're doing a great job. Wow, that's really nice of you to say. Thanks so much uh, for calling. I appreciate the call. Betcha. All right, take you care betcha. yourself. Take care. Have a very I know you don't partake, but Merry Christmas. Okay, Merry Christmas. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Appreciate the call. He's a really nice man. Uh 512-518-5714. I'm trying to clear through these because I want to talk about moderate success. I feel bad. These people are waiting. They're gonna have to wait a little bit. Wow, 27 minutes though. All right, one more. 
27 minutes. Did they just go? Did they just go? They're gone. Sorry. They gave up right when I went over to them. We'll do this one last one then. 614, who's this? Hi, Dan. This is Stephen from Australia. Oh, wow. We got, what is this with this continent? What time is it out there? Isn't it like midnight? Uh, it's quarter to 11 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reporting that the yeah. um, whole Mayan apocalypse was just a farce. Yeah, you, you guys, guys are the first, know. The first to break that. I yeah. appreciate it. So what's, what's well, up, Bob? Well, was around before. <laughs> are you in Sydney? Close to, yes. All right. Everyone, everyone um, is near so, Sydney in Australia. <laughs> so I'm 18. He's saying you sound much old. I would have guessed quit. 30 years old. Oh, you're really? going to turn turn down the, the thing in the background. You got your computer playing in the background? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, so you're 18 um, years Really? Still yep, here. 18, just finished high school. And my childhood was so much, somewhat like yours. Like, we never had much money, so I had a job when I was 12. And, then, and now I've been offered full-time work at the local hospital as a medical records clerk. However, I don't want the beginning of the rest of my life to start doing something I have no passion in. I'm a writer and a talker, not someone who likes filing data entry and admitting people. Um, and, but it all comes back to that whole issue of money. All right, let me talk to you about this for um, a second. Let me talk to you. I know where you're going with this already. There's something called paying your dues. Yep. There's something called paying your dues. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you haven't paid your dues. I don't know you. I don't know your life. But there's something to be said. You're 18, right? How, do you yep. th- there, there's, there's two sides of me that I want to answer this two different ways. Okay, I'm going to give you two completely different answers. You're going to have to go with your gut on this one, okay? On the one hand, take the job, file, file stuff, and learn, learn about that because there is a chance that even if you pursue your dreams, no matter how successful you are, that at some point you might need to fall back on this kind of experience of being able to say, you know what, I went ahead and I did this thing and I saw that life and I made a decision that maybe it was awful or maybe it wasn't so bad, whatever. But you're going to be able to make that choice. You're going to be able to make that decision and you need to get some of that experience. I know this sounds a little weird. Okay, but but I think that would do you some good to go try it because you know what? You can always do that and you can walk away from it. You can quit it. You can say, oh, this sucks. You could do it for a day and walk away from it. I would rather see you do that than not try it at all first. That's one answer. The second answer is when you talk about being a writer, what are you talking about? Like writing a great uh, Australian novel or what? Um, I'm a speech writer. Oh, okay. So who, who, one of my, my high school major works, I was... Did speech writing? Have you ever written? Really a, have you ever written an actual? Have you written a speech for, like, a candidate or something somebody's done, or, or you're just talking about something that you've done for yourself? I have written a couple of speeches for local elections. Cool. Did you get paid? And luckily, those people got elected. Yes, I did get paid. Were you, were you um, well? Were you well compensated? A lot. Uh, it was. I think it was around one hundred and fifty dollars. So it wasn't much at all, but I was 16 at the time. So uh, how, uh, how often do you think you could go out there and write a speech? Do you think you could write a speech a week? Do you think you'd write five a week? Are you living at home with your parents? Are you having to pay bills? Do you have a roommate? What's the story? I'm living at home with my mom and four sisters. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, uh, she's working five jobs 
to support us. <laughs> and dude, go take the job know, as I, a clerk. Go get the job yeah. as a clerk and write speeches on the weekends. People yeah. always forget they have the, you know, if you don't have, Phil, Phil, back me up on this. If you don't have kids, if you don't have kids and you don't have a family to support, like, what are you doing from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Exactly. every night and from 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. on the weekends? What are you doing? That's when you're going to write your speeches. Write your speeches. Do it, man. Do both. The answer is do both. And when you're making enough with your speech writing business and you got that going and you get a job as a speech writer for somebody who has to go and give a talk every day or you get so famous that people are just lining up to get the 18-year-old dude to write their speeches, great, man. Now you got a great business up and running. But go do the other thing and do the clerk. And you know what? The more you hate that clerk job, the more you hate filing crap, the more you're going to want to write those speeches mm -hmm. until eventually it's all you can think about. And every single fiber of your being will drive you to the point where all you can do is think about being a speechwriter the way you want to be one. And you'll be the best damn speechwriter, 18-year-old speechwriter that Australia's ever seen. That's what you got to do. And give your mom a break. She's, you know what? Get out of her hair. Move out. You're 18. Time to move out. Five. She's got supporting you. Five jobs? Yep. Five jobs. All, all casual work. You stay there and you start uh, contributing to that. You start contributing yeah. to that. That's yeah. the right, that's, that's being a good mensch, as uh, Phil would say. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to see you do. Go take that job and spend 100% of every living, breathing moment instead of, you know, going down to play cricket or whatever you do. Start writing speeches, man, and polish your craft, you know. Instead of snowboarding on the weekends. You're never going to have more time than the time you have right now. You know, mountain climbing, whatever yeah. you do in an outback. Didgeridoo. We actually write, we write kangaroo quite regularly. I bet. Seriously, man, go take that thing. Go do it. Go do, go yeah. take that job and, and let, let it drive you to madness. That's my advice. Call me back. Tell me what you do in a couple of weeks, okay? I'm worried. I'm worried about, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you. All right, bye. I hope he takes bye my bye. advice. I hope he does that. Five jobs? <laughs> yeah. Yep, five. All right, thank you for the call. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Listen, we get it. We, I'm, I know this. We got, okay, he's gone. So we got everyone cleared out now. We can take a, we can take a couple more calls maybe before the end of the show, but I got to talk to Phil. Phil, tell me your story. 512, by the way, if you want to be on hold, 512-518-5714. Phil, you didn't just walk into this uh, element thing. No, no, by any means, no. How did you start it? What were you doing beforehand and how did you get to where you are? Before I started Element, so I started Element at the end of 2011. And uh, before that, I was working at a local agency, design agency here in town. And uh, I had been working there for almost four years. I'm doing my math right. Yep. And uh, client services, doing design work. And um, I enjoyed it, but it was, I, I was itching. I was starting to get that itch. I knew I needed to go on to something else. Um, and I had seriously considered starting my own thing uh, for a long time. I think if you're a creative person, you're always going to have that idea in the back of your head. Yeah. And um, 
but I'm not much of a risk taker, I'll be honest, which is kind of funny. But uh, I've had that thought for a long time. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean you're not much of a risk taker? You know, I think that there's a lot of people that talk about how they just they just dropped everything they were doing and they just ran off and they just they worked hard. Right. Obviously, that's what we're talking about on this show is people following their passions and quitting, quitting that thing. But I uh, see because I would say you're an incredible risk taker. Well, I think it's not that I'm uh, risk averse or that I don't take risk, but I, I think there's varying levels of risk that people are comfortable with. And um, that idea of starting on my own scared me for a long time. But, uh, you know, a lot of it was that I you know, didn't have either the financial cushion that we've talked about on the show. I've got two kids. I've got a wife. My wife doesn't work. So there's a lot of just real world responsibility that weighs on my shoulders. And so that idea of jumping off and following my passion was a scary thought because I felt like that's something I'm choosing to do. And I've got two other or three other uh, people in my life that are going to basically be along this, the ride with me and they're going to reap whatever, uh, you know, repercussions or whatever the consequence may be of that choice. And so that's, that's, that's a big heady thing to have on your brain. Um, and I just, I, I, I was fine doing that job where you just kind of sat there and, 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 and you made a paycheck and you supported you know, your family to a, to a degree, but I, I knew that, I, that things were just, you know, my, my job was at a point where I didn't really know where I was going out, uh, you know, after that. And the company was kind of an unstable place. And I had this idea of always starting my own thing. And, um, I what did, up, what did your wife think when you, when you told her, Hey, I'm going to quit my job? She was extremely supportive. Um, See, that's what I hear every single time, yeah. every time. And you're, listen, don't be modest either. You're, you run a very successful little uh, agency over there. We're don't doing, we're don't doing, be modest. <laughs> we're, 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 we're doing very well. I'm very pleased. Um, okay. so I, I, I have to be honest. It's not, this is not just my own, my thing. I am a co-founder. I'm a, I have a business partner. And I think that's a very important thing. You know, very I, important. But lim- that doesn't diminish what you've accomplished. Not, not, not at all. Not at all. We're, we're, we're bringing, we're both bringing everything to the table. Um, but that, you know, when going out on your own, it feels you feel very lonely but if you've got someone else that you're going out with um then you at least have someone who's kind of going through that journey with you and that that that, that there's a lot of comfort that comes from that i think at least for me mm-hmm. so you said you, you said i'm gonna go and do this thing mm-hmm. i'm gonna go and do this thing with uh with this dude yep just you know him for a little while longer How he was long? actually the uh, co-founder of the studio that i was working at previously so he said so, did, so he did you pitch it to him or did he pitch it to you he pitched it to me I had already been thinking about it um, as far as starting out on my own. And then he, he approached me and uh, the stars aligned and uh, it was a perfect time for me to jump out and do this. Yeah. I mean, it's not, that doesn't mean that it wasn't scary uh, by any means. It was definitely, um, that was a big decision. You know, I had uh, my, my kids at the time, I had a, a, a little one that call I call her earlier, had like a one-year-old that was me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the idea of going off and not knowing how well this thing would turn out. Yeah. There's no guarantees. See, all you, all you do is you know you're going to go and you're going to hustle. You're going to work but as see, hard as you can. Tell me, tell me something. Yeah. When you started this thing on your own, mm. two things I think, at least in my experience, I'm wondering if it's true for you. For me, when I started this thing on my own, and it wasn't five by five that I did first, I've done this before, but but most recently, I remember two things. One is that there, it's it is absolutely a myth that a corporate stooge job where you're working for somebody else is secure. And people always say, well, it was stable. It was stable. It was secure. Right. I didn't want to give up that security. Right. You have no security. Tell right. me if you agree with me. And maybe, you know, you have no security. 
When you work for somebody else, I'm not talking about a small company where you're one of five people, one of three people, even one of 10 people, maybe 15. There's somewhere in between that 10 and 15 mm-hmm. where, where, where all hell breaks loose and it becomes a corporate stooge job. I don't right. know where that happens. Yeah, You can prevent that, but that's usually where it winds up happening. And that whole situation where you're in there and you're working and you're like, hey, you know, I have the secure job. I don't want to leave it. You don't. You're not secure. You don't have the security. Unless you know what's going on in the business mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. you don't have any security. Unless you have say in what you guys do, you don't have any security. Right. So you went from an, I would say, an insecure job to a secure job because now you know that you you can hustle, as Gary Vaynerchuk says. Mm-hmm. You can hustle and you can make something happen in a way you never could working for somebody else. You just hope you just hope they get the business, right? Well, if I fail, I feel like it's more on me. It's totally on right? you, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it is you. Yeah. I I think at the previous job, I had some degree. Yeah, you're right in the sense that there is no there is no just total security, but you have some stability in the sense of what you're providing. If what you're providing is actively actively and re- directly impacting the success of that business and you can see it, I think a lot of people are just lower down the 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 totem pole. And they don't have any visibility into how what they do impacts the business. But the higher up in a company you get and the more you know, insight you have into how that business performs and how you, you are affecting it, I think that there, you can then structure and kind of, you know, not manipulate, but you yeah. can kind of position yourself to be more of a, a valuable asset. But we went through the recession. I mean, I was working there where we had two rounds of layoffs and, uh, and, and that never, we, we never fully recovered from that. And people that I thought had, you know, were, were great, were, were let go. And so you're absolutely right. There is no, there is no true security, um, you know, when you're working for someone else. And when you're working for your own and, you, and you're doing your own thing, that doesn't mean you're, you're a guaranteed success. It just means that you're going you're gonna to be more engaged yeah. in the success of that business because yeah. it's your own. And, and that is, a, by the way, for the people who are still the corporate stooges, we need to talk because Robin doesn't know what that term means. <laughs> Maybe some of the listeners don't. When you are one of the corporate stooges, that attitude, bringing that attitude, that integrity, and f- I say fear, that's what will set you apart as an employee mm-hmm. from somebody who's just showing up. Right. You treat it like it's your own. You bring your passion to the table. You act like this is your own damn business. Yeah. And you will you will get somewhere in that company. Now, listen, I have to respond to this uh one of the jackals in the chat room, Fickle Bunch, says, you don't categorically have security, but you often know, this is what Fickle Bunch wrote. I'm going to say he, I don't know. Call it a he. But you often know you have some security. The, this is the part of Dan Shtick that annoys me the most. See, as a sweeping generalization, it just isn't true. Okay. This this is the thing. He says, can the rug be pulled? He Says, so can the rug be pulled out from under me? Sure, but that's true when you're on your own. True, too. I, I I disagree. I'm not saying that you have security when you're on your own. Some of my most insecure times financially have been when I've been on my own. Feast or famine, right? Absolutely. Am I right? Absolutely. Feast or famine is the most scary thing in the world. When you when you've done some work and you're waiting to get paid, they've got you on a net thirty, maybe net sixty. Mm-hmm. Maybe a net 90. We've been on a net 90. Don't do it. Mm. Don't do the net 90. No, not at all. I've done that. And 
you don't know and you're hustling as hard as you can and nothing's coming together. Well, that doesn't sound secure. But you you don't know what's going on with the company that you work for. You don't know. You really don't know. I've known people who have been at companies that have been financially secure and stable for decades. For decades. And then they get somebody new in management, in upper management, who says, you know what? I don't really like having an office in Orlando, Florida anymore. We're going to close that down because mm-hmm. I don't like Orlando. I've seen that happen. Offices get shut down because somebody new and higher up in the company said, well, where's your security then when you work in Orlando? You don't have any. Company gets acquired by another company. Oh, I've been through that. Yeah. What happens then? Oh, we, we, it was a talent acquisition, but we only wanted some of the talent. It was, oh, yeah. an, it was an IP acquisition. We didn't want any of the talent. Yep. The better your company does, the more at risk you might be. Think of it like that. So categorically, I say there isn't really any security in any of these things. But if you have confidence in yourself and you trust yourself and you believe in yourself and you know that you can accomplish something, you're in a very rare position. Most people don't have that kind of confidence. Most people don't know that they could walk out the door and get a kind of job that they want to get. Right. And most people can't. So they have to trust this. So they get lulled into this false sense of security. I've seen people who've been in a company for 15 years get laid off first, regardless of their seniority, because they make the most money. How about yeah, that? Yeah. I know, I know a guy who's been in a place for eight years and they are, uh, they are right now before pre-layoffs, they're saying we're, we're offering people a really nice severance package if you'll leave. This is a company, I can't say who it is, not a technology company. This is a, you know, bricks and mortar kind of company. They're offering these guys severances and saying, please leave. You know, walk. Mm-hmm. We want you to walk. This is not a company that's having a hard time financially. This is a company that's doing amazing. But guess what? If you don't take that package, you may, you may be laid off. And you may be laid off because you have the most seniority. That's all I'm saying. All right, listen, we're going to do, we got to define a corporate stooge. Okay. Because not everyone knows what this is. Robin, I'll tell you what a corporate stooge is. A corporate stooge, I'm going to paint a picture for you because I was a corporate stooge for a long time, a long time. Here's a typical corporate stooge. Here's an, I'll paint a picture of the IT corporate stooge because they're, they're in great abundance. Phil, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. These are the people you wake up in the morning Maybe you have coffee at home. You get in your car and you commute minimum 30 minutes. Minimum 30 minutes in traffic. Easy. I'm not talking about Austin. I'm talking about wherever you live because everywhere is 30 minutes in Austin. This is 30 to 45 minutes. You're probably wearing a pair of slacks, maybe jeans if you're lucky. You're probably wearing a polo style shirt, maybe a button up. You go into work. You listen to this podcast on your way into work. You get to work. And you maybe, maybe there's one other person in your, in your industry, in your field, in your area that you can talk to, like a human being. But you're completely misunderstood by everybody else. You're just that server guy. You're describing my, my earlier job as well. Really? Yeah. Several, several years it sounds ago. like office space. It's, yeah. No, that is what it is. Okay. And, and you, you spend your time there at the office. You're not really sure why you're there. You're, you're almost ready. You're, you're almost ready to unravel at any given moment. You have to work relatively long hours and it's thankless. You're constantly in a state of confusion and fear because you don't know what's going on. 
in that company. You're just glad to have that job. And you go back and forth to work every day. And it's the same thing over and over again, like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And you say, what am I doing? Is this what my life was? Is this what I went to college for? Is this why I busted my ass in high school mm-hmm. and kind of coasted through college and picked the easy IT degree? And then you wind up that you're there. Now you're there. You're in, and, and you're not really, maybe, maybe like you convince your boss to let you run a Linux server instead of Solaris, you know, because you just want to run AppGet instead of package in, mm-hmm. you know, little things like that. I did that job for seven years. I mean, that, I that's, that's like the corporate that. stooge yeah. job. Yeah. That's a soul-sucking job. It yeah. sounds so sad. It, oh, it is sad. Oh, it's sad. And uh, there's no end to it. That's no. the corporate stooge. We yeah. got to take this uh, 416 person. They've been on hold. I hung up on them three times. All right. Hi, Dan. It's Alex in Toronto. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Two comments. Uh, let's start with Gabriel there in Orange County who wants to quit his job and uh, become an animator. I run a post-production studio here in, in Toronto for uh, 15 years. Are you going to hire this guy? Until, uh, no, I'm not going to hire okay. this guy. <laughs> I thought I, I made a, thought I, maybe made but a little connection or something. Yeah, uh, that, that we can certainly do. But it's an incredibly complicated uh, job. Uh, and I don't know if he has done the research because it's incredibly sexy, right? You want always to work for the business, the Pixars of the world, but it's an incredibly difficult job. And only the best in the world get to go to these massive companies. So if he's only going to start working right now, he has a kid or two already, it's incredibly risky what he's planning to do. So he should look carefully at what he's doing. Yeah, that's what I was telling him, man. I'm telling him, you know, chill out. Yeah, very, very hard. It's a, it's a very, very competitive industry with uh, big, big players. And, and again, unless you're going to work for Pixar, the, the hours are tremendously ruthless. Like, uh, people here in Canada there have been horror stories of uh, studios shutting down, you know, after uh, and working in big movies, big, uh, big budget m- movies and uh, animators and all sort of artists that were not paid in the end. Like the producers have to have to come out and pay from their own pocket when, they, when the uh, animation companies couldn't pay them. So he, he should look seriously in, into what he's doing. That's uh, number one, and I, I wanted to address something uh, on on moderate uh, success with uh, Calcanus calls moderate success. I ran this company for uh, about fifteen years here, and I was I would think uh, probably uh, very well or moderately successful here. But you know, then another company comes and they say, "Well, we can buy you and grow your company ten times the size in one year." It's like if the Verge would come to you and say, we want to buy five by five. Uh, I I agreed with them that it was uh, an excellent thing. And you know what? It was a a terrible mistake. You you really get sucked in by the numbers of of zeros they put down there for you. The moment I sold the company, guess what? I became the top corporate stooge because I, I, I sold the company. So it was the owner's. And then me, top top of the line. And this thing lasted for five months. I couldn't tolerate, so I had to quit. And and we're talking about being, you know, the many zeros corporate stooge. Yeah, that's so that's the worst. Yeah, 
it, it's a it's a terrible position to be in. So moderate success is is completely an arbitrary position. Oh, it is. It's it's totally arbitrary. It's totally arbitrary. And I guess you know, like like if I was going to tell you in this, the you run this studio. Is that what you're saying? You run a studio. I, I was running it. Then. You were running. Now I'm uh, back freelancer. Yep. I mean, if if you were going to say moderate, okay, perfect, perfect. If you're going to say moderate success for your studio. Would would break even be moderate success, or would that be breakout success for that kind of? As you're saying, a very competitive no, I, business. I was, I, it's very competitive. We were making good profits. It was a profitable business, but still, when they come back to you and they say, "Well, instead of invoicing X, you will be invoicing 10X in the in the next year, and your salary will go, will go up exponentially." Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it gets very seductive, very quickly. And you don't know where to stop. Like how much, how much can you make that is a, a, a business that makes a business successful? Look at Apple right now. doesn't matter how many billions of dollars they're making. People are still questioning if they're a successful business. Yeah, you're right. How can they even, right? I mean, look at their stock today. And people, there was a great article on Forbes today, a guy suggesting that they fire Tim Cook. I don't understand <laughs> how successful how successful do you have to be to be successful? Yeah. Completely. Crazy. That's the question. That's the whole show right there. How successful do you have to be? For for Jason Calacanis, apparently you gotta make between eight and fifteen million dollars a year. For me million dollars a year. For me, if <laughs> I if, if if I can pay my bills. Now, I'm not saying I don't have higher uh, set my sights higher than this. But if I can pay my bills and do something that I love to do to me, that's successful. A lot of people would say, no, you're being short-sighted. You're being very short-sighted. You, you can be way more. I agree. But that is, that is the entry level to success. Is that you, right. you get to do you something that you bills, love. Maybe save a little. Yeah. Save some money. If you can pay bills, save money and, and, and do what you love. You're going to look back on exactly. your life. You're going to look back. And this is the thing. Oh, you know, guys like me and Phil who struggled, we can look back on our life and we can say, and it sounds like you too. You can look back on your life and say, it's easy to say, man, I should, I should have done that thing. You know, back in the, back in the nineties, dude, I should have moved to San Francisco and gone to work at Netscape. Where would I be now? Well, you know what? I kind of like where I am now. It was a, a really hard road to get here, but you know what? I was the right age and the right time. And I saw all the writing on the wall that if I had just moved to San Francisco, I could have worked at some really cool places and who knows, maybe I would have made some Millions of bucks back then, if I've been really lucky. And, and, and is money the only incentive and the only measure of success? Yeah, not at all. It's not. a happiness. It's I, liking what you do. Absolutely. It's wanting to go to work and, and enjoying the thing that you do and the people that you work with. And, 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 and if you can find a way to do that and pay your bills and save up some money so that you're not, you know, you're not uh, you know, living out of a cardboard box when you retire... That's successful to me. That's that's how about that? That's moderate success. That's what I define moderate success as. Or, well, that would be I, I would think com- almost completely successful. No, yeah, There's probably. No there. You're, you're you're running your business. You're making money and being. I mean, how many people would like to be Dan Benjamin today? I tons of people. Well, they don't know my life, but yeah. I well, I mean, you, you know. I'm, I'm referring to <laughs> running a very, very successful uh, podcast network. Mm-hmm. A ton of us would love to do that and have our own show every day. It, it, it's, it, it's excellent. It's, it's not moderate success. It's complete success. Yes, you can always make another X amount of dollars. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not about money. It's about happiness. Exactly. And you know what? It's hard enough uh, being being me. So I'll just I'll keep doing it. And uh, listen, what when are you going to? When this guy finishes, I'm still worried about that animator, dude. I got to be honest. I'm still worried about him. When he graduates with Uh, this degree, and he wants to, you sound Russian to me somehow. Is that okay to say that? No, no, no. I was actually born in Mexico. Now I live between Canada and Brazil. You sound Russian, though. Can you do no, a can you do no, a Russian no. accent? I, I, I can try to do a little impression. See, listen to this guy. How did I know? How did I know? I knew you were going to be good at that. Listen to this guy. All right, listen. I want you to call back in in the show every week. Can you promise me you'll do that? I, I can do that. I can do you in any show you want. All right, call back on this show. I'll talk to I'll talk to you in a week. Thanks for the call. Okay, Dan. Okay, Thank bye. You. I knew something was up with him, and he could do that Russian accent. He pulled that Very out. Convincing. He yeah. pulled that out. <laughs> Phil, I know you got to get going soon because you're you've got a trip. I'm good for play. a bit. Yeah. So we got to take one more call. They've been on hold forever for 21 minutes. Seven six zero. This will be our last call for the night. Seven six zero. Where is that? <laughs> um, I. Well, it's originally from San Diego, but I don't live there anymore. Okay, who are you? Uh, my name is Tiff Smith. Um, you <laughs> replied to one of my tweets and you told me to call in. So yeah, so in. call in. I remember you. Tell me. Tell me. Tell tell the people who don't follow every single person who tweets me uh, what what your story is. Um. Well, uh, I'm currently a, a designer, a freelance designer, as well as a part time design director for a, for a company in Portland. Um, and I run a podcast of my own called The East Wing. Um, Called the what? Say but, it again. Uh, it's called the East Wing. Okay. It's uh, it's a podcast about about design. Where geekery is and, awesome. Um, Where geekery is awesome. I'll tell you what. I'll even put it in the show notes. How's that? <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'm I'm basically calling in because I, I really like your your talk um, last week about moderate success, and I know that that's kind of a topic this week. Um, and I. About uh, let's see, I, I quit a job in in at the end of August, and I shouldn't have quit that job actually. Um, and I went and I I went to go work for someone else that was paying me more money. Um, I got greedy, and I went and I I went to work for another company, and um, and then they fired me. <laughs> they fired um, you for what? They let me go. Well, it it just it wasn't a it wasn't a good fit. Um, you know, they I think the expectations of of the job were were different from from what they actually wanted. Um, they wanted more of a developer, and I was more of a designer. Um, so I got fired, and uh, and then basically I had I had no savings. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have another job lined up, and. Uh, and at that moment, I realized, you know, it, it was it was time to take a risk um, because, uh, you know, I I had been very I had been very cautious with the jobs that I had. I had you know moved from one full time job to the other, um, and now I feel very happy because I, I work with really great people. I'm I'm part time uh, design director, which is a very nice title. I mean, we're only a team of five, so it's not a big deal, um, but. I, I'm I'm happy because I, I I manage my own schedule and I work with big people and I have time for my side projects. So I don't know. Sometimes things work out for the best. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you called in to tell your story. Thanks very much for doing it. 
All right. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening. You know, this is the thing that we hear again, uh, Phil. I know you don't listen to the show. But <laughs> what we hear is we hear these calls from people who call up and they share, they share their story. They, they say how they quit. And it's one thing that I hear time and time again. This guy got fired. There's one thing that I hear time and time again from the people who call in. Maybe there's other people out there who don't have this kind of story. But they always say, oh, it was a really good thing that this ha- thing happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got fired. It was a really good thing because now I get to do this. I'm happy. Yeah. Or I quit my job and that was miserable for a while and now I'm happy. Yep. I would like to hear from the people who are unhappy because time and time again, I keep hearing from people who are thrilled. Yeah, that was the best thing I ever did, Phil. It was really great. <laughs> I quit. Now I'm really happy. AF Waller. Yeah. Says he managed to put himself 10K in a debt. Yeah, not everything always ends up with the, uh, you know, shout from the rooftop of success there, does it? That's, a, that's the scary thing is that you, you don't know. But I think sometimes just jumping out there and following something you're passionate about. We were talking about that, right? I mean, you, 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 you're going to invest so much more energy and, and focus because it's something that you really are passionate about. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to hear. So, you know, I try and announce what the topic is going to be right. for the next week. And so I did that and I, I stuck to it. We talked about moderate success this week, especially with the Russian. And I feel like I'm not going to announce it next week because I found there were other topics that had come up that I wanted to talk about more. But I see I made a promise, Phil. I mm-hmm. made a promise. And if I make a promise, Robin can t- testify to this. If I make a promise, I'll keep it. So I'm not going to say what next week's topic is going to be because <laughs> I might change it. But that's what I would like to hear from callers who are miserable. I would like to hear from callers. Now, don't, don't, you know, call and tell your story. Like, I want to hear it. I think people want to hear it because, you know, what we're doing here, Robin, we're inspiring people. That's what we're doing. That's the purpose of this is to inspire people to get off their ass and do something awesome. That's the inspiration. That's the goal. Okay. I love it. You know, you know, but I, I want to hear from people who are miserable. Yeah. I feel like I helped that one kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he I, needs to help his mom. <laughs> he, five jobs, he does. but what is a casual job, Phil? What does that mean? I, I have no idea. I what five to ask casual him. jobs are at all, but casual yeah. job means like you show up if you want to show up, <laughs> not if you don't. Maybe it's not like super hard like, labor. I want that kind of job. Maybe it's just a it's casual. Yeah, you show up if you want to show up. Exactly. You don't have to kind of worry. You know, I would do that job right, totally. That'd be great. No, you say I don't listen to the show, but actually I've, I've listened to all of the shows. Yeah, I know you don't listen to um, the shows. You know, one thing I wanted to say. It's nice you to say, but I know. Well, you know, I listen to them all, mm-hmm. all, all today. Um, <laughs> On your way over. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, obviously the idea of, of quitting where you're at and jumping out into something, uh, there, there's an element of fear, but I think that's, that's a good, healthy thing. Uh, but I also think that a lot of people, they, they, they think that they're alone in that. And, I, you know, one of the big things that I would recommend is that I think people need to reach out and try to find a mentor and find people that okay. they can really learn from. That I, maybe I'm, their, I'm the only mentor they need. Phil. That's it. it well, they can call me anytime. Yeah. You know. <laughs> At 5 p.m. on Friday. <laughs> exactly. No, yep. really, you bring up a good point. And this is something I talked about on uh, a couple of these other shows yep. is having having the infrastructure. There's two things. There's one of two things that you need to not be nuts when you want to quit. One of two things you need to not be nuts. And you can, if you're nuts, then you can quit whenever you want. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. You need either a, a, a good support structure, like a spouse that will support your decision, parents that will support your decision as, as 
Dr. Phil, see? Dr. Phil, that's you, would say, Mm -hmm. a soft place to fall, right? That's right. That's what you need. You need to know that this kid who's, you know, 18 in Australia or whatever, that if worse comes to worse, like they can, they can do something. That's why I'm not so sure about that animator. The guy wants to be the animator. That's a tough industry. Because man. his a tough industry. Listen to the guy that ran a business doing mm-hmm. it. He had to get out. Mm-hmm. Nearly killed him. He's got a three-year-old and a one-year-old too. Yeah. yeah. And he wants to do that and photography and this school. I mean, that's too much of a risk for me. And his wife doesn't work. Why would he do that? He can't yeah. do that. No. So then, then, so you need that or B too. You need your own cushion. You need to know, like, you can go and walk in and get another job if you need one. Right. Or you have enough money in the bank that you have your own cushion to control what you want. Or you, you don't have any obligations. I know, I know people right now in their 20s who are, who are super talented, who could work anywhere that they want to work, and they can take their pick of where they want to go. Yeah. They have a degree in the thing that they're interested in, they could go work wherever they want. So they have the chance to go and try something. They have the chance to say, you know, I'm going to take a month off and figure things out. You know, or they can say, no, I'm not going to take any time. I'm going to go and start working right now. And if I don't like it, I'm going to try something else. This one kid who was like, oh, should I take this thing? Yeah, take it. You're young, man. There's the one that was going to do the seven month thing. Yeah. I mean, seven months, like it's seven months. That's yeah. not, that's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. Seven months is nothing. And he's going to get paid. He's going to have that money in the bank. Guy can go sailing if he wants. Yeah. Sleep until noon on Tuesday if he wants. You know? You know what I'm talking about. That's Japanese for yes. But I think that's what's great about a show like this, though, Dan, is the fact that you, I mean, people, when you're in that position and you're faced with those decisions, you need someone with an outside perspective to come in and really provide some clarity. You, know you do. Saying? And so I want to talk to you about this mentoring thing before I do that. In okay. the, and we're going to wrap this up yeah. in the chat room. They're talking about debt. Debt matters too. I have debt. a lot of debt. Do debt. you? Yes. Emotional debt or monetary no. debt? Uh, both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> we all have emotional debt. Um, monetary debt. That's, that's scary. When you've got a lot of debt, I mean, you said something earlier about just having to pay your dues. I mean, I think a lot of people just don't want to go and work a hard job and it's called work for a reason. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if you've got a lot of debt, then you need to go somewhere and you need to make some money and you need to pay it off. And, and maybe going off and doing your thing that's really risky is maybe not the smartest idea, you know, at this time. Phil, people graduate college with huge debt. I know. They graduate because they're paying, they're paying for their school loans. Yeah. Buddy of mine just finished paying off his school loans. Yeah. Just like a few years ago. And that thing follows you around. You know, and 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 that's something that you need to not have to do this kind of stuff. You know? Oh, or you need yeah. to know that you're you're what you're about to do is gonna create a situation that and people say, Well, they can't fail. Of course you can fail. Well, maybe that'll be my topic for next week. So, okay, tell me about this mentor thing. I never had a I never had a, a, a good mentor. Every mentor I had I, I think uh, it wind up running away. Well, yeah. And I think you just need someone who, you know, obviously may have, may have, may have already been in the, uh, your shoes or where, where you're headed has may have already been there. Right. And, and, and is able to provide some really real world experience and, and insight into what's going on. Um, that's actually one, one of the things where I'm at right now is my business partner. He started an agency. 
Mm-hmm. So while he doesn't provide the services that I provide, like he's not a designer. Right. So I have full confidence in what I bring to the table there. And, but the guy has a lot of business experience. And I, by jumping off and doing my thing on my own, I, I didn't go to business school. I don't right. have business experience other than just work experience. And so it's going off and doing my own thing. I would be scrambling to learn like, okay, what do I need to do? I got to contact the local county clerk and I got to get my, my LLC set up and you got to figure all this stuff out. And it's not that it's not, you can't, but if you've got someone who either could walk, help walk you through that kind of stuff and you just keep learning like that is so valuable. And that's, that's what I have is I've got someone who, who can, can really kind of help shape and direct kind of where the business is going. And then, you know, I'm bringing the other portion of, of, of what we do. Um, and we're, we, we complement each other, but there, there, by going off and quitting and doing that thing, I had someone who I knew I could, I could ask a lot of questions and I could really learn from. And a lot of people, I think I hear they have these great ideas or they really are passionate about something and they're just launching out kind of like completely alone. And, and, and I think, you know, don't be afraid to go out there and ask questions. Like it doesn't mean you have to start a business with someone who's done it before, right? but go off and like approach another business, but approach someone who is doing this and just, you know, there are business owners out there who would be more than happy to like have coffee or at least talk with you and just like give you a lot of really good advice. That's great. That is great advice. Yeah. You need to, you, uh, how do they, meet, how do they meet these people? Them. How do they contact them? You just, you just call them up. You say, Oh man, you got a great business. I want to come and buy a coffee. I think that, you know, I mean, not a bad at idea. Least try. Right? Yeah. try. What if they a- say no, call the next person. I've, I've had, I've, I've had people contact me since starting this thing and want to go grab a cup of coffee and just chat. And I'm more than happy to do it. And I can't make that them my full-time job. Right. I can't, right. you know, see, you know, it's not that everyone's going to take you up on that offer, but I, I think people love to be able to share kind of their experience and, and, and don't be afraid to go out there and find someone who you think you could really learn from and go and approach them and, and, and buy them dinner, buy them a drink, whatever, and, and, and really pick their brain. Um, don't feel like you have to launch out and figure all this stuff out on your own. You're going to be passionate about one thing. You're probably going to have a skill set that you're really, really good at, but that doesn't mean that you've got the full picture and you're going to be able to run off and start a business. There's a lot about running a business that goes beyond just the, the just your skill set. You know, a lot of people have, are very talented at some sort of skill and they go off and then they fail because they don't know how to run a business. So go find out the people that can really, you can really glean a lot of that information from and just, and just, you know, yeah, approach them, ask them questions. Don't be afraid. Well, great advice, man. Yeah. And uh, people want to, if people are in, here in town in Austin, they want to ask you that. They want to go to coffee with you. <laughs> uh, they can go to philkaufman.com. Dot com. How do we spell that? P H I L C O F F M A N. And that's essentially just, uh, you can find links to me everywhere on the internet at that point. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Dribble, I'm on. I'll know, put these into the, the show notes. You can get at the show notes at 5x5.tv slash quit slash four. And uh, you can see the method in craft. You can see element. We're hiring, by the way. I know you're hiring. <laughs> I know all about it. You tell, say that all the time around people who work for me. Yeah, I wouldn't be a business owner if I wasn't doing a plug, right? It's all right. And that picture, by the way, looks nothing like you. Which one? Looks nothing like him. Who is that? There? Oh, that's a little bit old. The first a little bit old. Yeah. I think it looks like him. Yeah, that's shorter, the picture I saw hand. when I... I was trying to figure out who to be who looking for. Who is that? It doesn't look anything like you. Our the last time I saw you, you had a nice jacket and tie on. Why don't you wear a jacket and tie today? That's Friday. You're not wearing it today. Casual Friday. No. I don't know. Well, thanks for dispelling my... <laughs> yes, today was a Friday. That's fine. It's true. But look at that. It doesn't look like you. I need to get a new photo. When I, when I was ready to meet you that first day, I didn't even recognize you because I'd only seen the, the Twitter thing and you walked up. I'm like, who's this jerk? <laughs> You're like, hey, it's me, Dan. How are you? I'm like, me who? 
Exactly. And I'm like, oh, Phil? Phil? I can't give everything away on my avatar photo. Phil Connors? All right. So um, so that's it. You should follow this guy. He's a really, really bright guy. Go check out his work over at uh, Element. And if you're here in Austin, he'll have coffee with you. He'll take you to coffee. He'll have- take them to coffee. Sure. Five days a week. Something. Something. <laughs> All right. And uh, Robin, thank you very much for uh, for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories about Chili's and the other place that we cannot mention, but that I would <laughs> really like to go to again. Um, I enjoy working there very much. And uh, if you would like to, again, those links, not many of them, but there's a few, are at 5by5.tv slash quit slash four. And in the meantime, we did not get to any voicemails. Hmm. The callers, I mean, we had a lot of callers and I felt really bad. I felt like I had to get to them. But you can leave me a voicemail and I will try harder to get to. Maybe we'll do an all voicemail show sometime in the future, but I'll try to do from now on. Phil, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start the show with voicemails and I'm going to spend the first few minutes doing just voicemails because I feel bad those people are waiting. Who knows? There might be time sensitive data there. Mm. 512-222-8141 is a voicemail number. 512-222-8141. You can also go to 5by5.tv slash quit and you'll see it listed there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. Thanks to Shloki, who had to leave early. Thanks again to Robin uh, Welch. Uh, you are on Twitter. I am. That's Where do they go for that? That's different. It's Robin underscore Quinnett, Q-U-I-N-E-T-T-E. I'll put that into the show notes also. And uh, Phil Kaufman, thanks again for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Take care. Bye, everybody. <laughs>